Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, Andrew is going to reveal some of his past projects and walk us through uh, how some of his past property projects have panned out. Now, this is a recap of our recent webinar that we did where Andrew outlined what he's learnt from owning 38 different investment properties or having a portfolio, I should say, of 38 investment properties. Now, I just want to say before we get get into this, um, that it, it was really cool when I put the webinar together uh, going through Andrew's past projects because it kind of makes you realise just how prolific he has been within the property game. And I think you're going to get a lot of value out if you listen right to the end uh, about what he's learnt from these different projects. But Andrew, walk us through these three different projects with how each of them have worked and and the kind of numbers behind each of these. Cool. So I, I chose three properties that were kind of different models, I guess, uh, for, for each of my portfolio. And again, they're, they're, uh, these are at different stages of my life, um, different stages of experience. And uh, there are some that I would maybe do again, and there's others that I would definitely not do again. So uh, first, I'm going to start with a strategy, which was a hold and then flip <clears throat> And actually, we did some renovations on this property. This was quite a unique property because it was an earthquake damaged property. So post-earthquake in Christchurch, there was a unique uh, environment where people had been paid out a great deal of money from their insurance company and and they were selling properties, what was called as-is, where-is. And that means that it's, it's broken and I'm going to sell it to you broken, and you can do what you like with it. And so there was a good opportunity to make some money here on both sides because often the insurance payout was greater than what it would cost me to repair a house. And the reason for that is because insurance policies back then entitled a, an, a, a, an insured party to a uh, as-new property. Now, that was some wording that has now been revised by insurance companies, funnily enough. And what it meant is if you had a broken foundation, for example, uh, then then you were entitled to an as-new foundation. Now, if you can't remove the house uh, to fix that foundation, then the insurance company just had to suck it up and give you a big check so that you accepted that as um, – Fair payout. Now, let's say you owned a property for say, say it was worth five hundred thousand dollars, and the insurance company said, "Oh, well, the you know the house is worth four hundred thousand, and we you know to repair the house can take us a long time, so we'll just give you a check for four hundred thousand. Then, then the house only owes you a hundred thousand dollars. Now, if that person then sold it to me for say, say for example, two hundred thousand dollars, they've just made an extra hundred thousand dollars. They've done really well. And then what I might do is I might find a way of fixing it for two hundred thousand rather than the four hundred. And again, all I needed to do was bring it to the building code. I didn't need as new, I needed a building code to have it reinsured. Now, there's a lot of risk with a project like this. So I would disclaimer that firstly, I think that the, the time of making money in as-is properties has long since passed. That dance has stopped. But uh, there was some good opportunity in the early days because everyone was a bit scared. And you make money when people are scared. So anyway, um, this is 7 Benjamin Lane in Christchurch. I purchased for $465,000. The repairs in this case were $78,000. So it wasn't significant repairs. And they've been paid out uh, for, for a few things. I think they made a couple of hundred thousand from the insurance payout. I I, uh, I paid them, not market value, but I paid them um, a de- decent amount of money. Uh, and, and then uh, the lawyers cost me about $3,000. And then there were some holding costs. So the holding costs were about $6,300. And that's interest, the time that I was having the repairs done. So that was over several months. So I had to still pay interest on the mortgage whilst we were doing the renovations. 
Now, the total cost came to $552,300. Now, the value at the end, once we once we got it valued, and we actually did some really nice uh, tidying up or renovations, we recarpeted, uh, painted, all those kind of things. It looked much nicer. The valuation came in at $800,000. So I'd created $247,700 worth of equity in that project over four months. Now, that sounds like a lot of money, uh, so don't get too excited. There was a huge amount of risk. If there was an earthquake when I owned that property uh, and it hadn't been repaired, I was uninsured. And you have to have a lot of cash to do that at the start because the banks wouldn't lend on as-is properties because, again, it's not an insurable asset uh, because of that reason. And so I, I – at 100% borrowing when I paid myself back out, it was at 69% LVR. So it was good from an equity perspective – we ended up selling that property a few years later. We actually achieved above valuation at that stage, but the market had probably gone up. We sold it for $830,000. Uh, $830, uh, my real estate agents, which was my own team, took $28,000 of that. Uh, legal fees took another $2,000. Maybe I need to start a law firm as well. Um, there was a break fee. So we'd fixed for five years because we wanted certainty. And then uh, just because uh, this was in a partnership with a couple of other people and we we're all doing different projects individually, we wanted our money back. So we we uh, we had a break fee of twenty thousand dollars, and so the net sale proceeds was six fifty with a mortgage of five fifty to three hundred seven fifty. Was that sorry sorry seven fifty seven fifty uh, um, uh, with a net profit of five fifty to three hundred. So um, the sorry lending of five fifty to three hundred and net profit of. One nine seven seven hundred. Now, um, this was outside of the bright line test, uh, and that's a really important thing to note because if we had have triggered bright line test uh, and, and we were doing this as traders, then it would have been GST of twenty nine thousand six hundred and fifty five, and then tax of sixty five thousand two hundred and forty one dollars. So we actually would have only ended up with half of that money, give or take. Uh, so, so again, I've mentioned it before: the worst silent partner that you can have is the IRD if you're losing all that money. Uh, let me talk about another one. I've mentioned this one many a times um, because it's the bane of my life. 321 Wilson's Road. Now, this was a, a property that my parents owned. I lived here for a period of time. It is a very cheap property, uh, re very old property, 100 years old, um, in a fairly lower socioeconomic part of Christchurch. Um, I bought it a long, long time ago. Uh, I think it was about 11 years ago, give or take, maybe more than that. Purchase price of $200,000. That was the market valuation. I didn't rip off my parents in the sale, I promise. Um, and <laughs> 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 Just in case mum's listening. Um, you saw the valuation. Um, the repairs were $50,000. Um, there was quite a lot of stuff that we needed to do to, to improve that property, uh, to get it to a, a nicer standard to let out uh, lawyers of say three thousand dollars holding costs of about six six um, and that was because it was a much longer renovation period um, believe it or not this was one that I actually got my hands dirty and did a lot of the work myself myself and um, Tim who owned the property with me uh, and so the total costs were two hundred and fifty nine thousand five hundred and sixty three dollars so there's uh, my next page on this one. So in that case, um, we had a valuation of 320. So we'd created equity of $60,400, LVR of 81.3% on that one once it was all finalised. Um, we've held it for 10 years. Uh, oh yes, it must have been about 10 years ago because it was still there. And the valuation today is probably $400,000. Now, again, we'd probably... Um, 
We'd probably uh, spent a lot more money on this one than maybe we ought to um, because we'd made it seem – it became kind of one of the nicer houses on the worst street. Well, it wasn't the nicest house on the worst street, but it, it was much better house on the worst street. And the, so the annual growth rate we've only had on that uh, had on that one is only 2.3%, so not a lot. It's generated a good income uh, over that time. It's been a good yield. Uh, this is definitely one of those yield properties, but it's been high, high maintenance low growth and the rent's been okay I mean it's it's okay but it's good on based on the purchase price but it's low uh, compared to the the um, the, the the average across the uh, the city and look I guess my reservation here now looking back is what else could I have done with that money um, I, that that one's been a bit of a burden uh, I, I, I actually just did it because I, my parents wanted to buy another house and they needed to sell theirs quickly so I just did the deal and we tried to Polish a poo, if that's the right word. And and look, this was this this was the best we could do. Um, we've still made some money, but it's not it's not the best investment I've ever done. And we're now looking at developing that site just to kind of get our money back to a, a palatable amount. If we sold it as is, it wouldn't be that great. Um, last one I want to talk about is um, a nice easy one. Now, uh, actually, this is probably interesting because this is kind of when I was figuring out that it can be a lot easier uh, uh, if you just buy off plans and hold. And so uh, this is twelve Maple Place in Rangiora. Um, this is a property, uh, actually I bought this one with my parents uh, uh, because they were very, very nervous about getting into investing uh, and it took me a long, long time, years, to convince them to finally dabble in the market. So I finally bought this property with them. Uh, I think um, that the dad became the ultimate property investor afterwards, and every time I'd have coffee with them, would bring the blue book with houses circled in there. Um, so this property, we bought off plans, uh, and it was about a nine-month build. Uh, we paid uh, $390,000 for it. Setup cost was about $5,000 all up because we had some you know complex structures to protect everyone. Um, end valuation, three hundred and seventy. So the value went down during the build, which was which was one of those um, you know slightly unnerving things. However, I'd been investing for a while now. I reassured my parents not to lose sleep over it, and equity was negative twenty five thousand dollars, but. That was just because we bought this right. Uh, we signed in 2007, we settled in 2008. And um, those of you who are old enough to remember will know the GFC hit right then. And so it was just a, an unfortunate timing thing. Now, this is where I always say it's about time in the market, not timing of the market. I'm, I'm good at investing in property. And uh, I was pretty good then as well. Not as good as I am today, but I was pretty good then. However, I just lost some money. So you could see that as a bad investment, but I disagree because our rent covered all the costs. It's currently rented at $540 a week, uh, so it pays for all the costs. And the mortgages stayed the same because we're just paying an interest-only mortgage. The interest rate's just gone down again, so now all of a sudden it's making money. Um, the value today, if I sold it on the market, I'd probably get six hundred thousand for it. So there's equity of two hundred and five thousand dollars. Now this property, um, yes, there was negative equity due to the GFC, but the positives, such low maintenance. I, I think I've spent a couple of hundred dollars in the entire time I've owned it. Um, it was self-servicing within three years. So, so um, in the first day, uh, first stages, you know, we made sure we covered for vacancy and maintenance, all those kind of things, which ended up not happening. It ended up just paying for itself within three years, and it has been really steady growth. And so that was one that I kind of bought and never thought about again. And this is actually because Ed and I talk a little bit about my investment journey and how it's changed in time. And I have done some of those high-risk things like renovate. Uh, I have done those earthquake-damaged properties, which. Absolutely 
absolutely made me some good money, but would I do it again? Unless it was a really good opportunity, I probably wouldn't because we also did other projects which lost money just purely because when you actually get um, that carpet ripped up and discover there's far more cracks in the foundation than you thought, it's very easy to go over budget there and all of a sudden uh, you have to do all that work to get it insured. And if you have an uninsured property, that's not an asset because it's going to go down in value. Fantastic. Well, look, I hope you guys have got a lot out of this. There was more we could dig into and more we uh, did go into in the webinar. So I'm going to link that into the show notes so that you're able to see that. Um, but I think it is just really interesting. Um, two, two reasons. One, to hear some of those projects that you've done in the past. And then actually the other side is to actually just hear the emotional side and soul that we didn't realise Andrew Nichol had when talking, <laughs> about, when talking about his parents and the wonderful things he's done uh, with and for them. Um, so I am going to link to that webinar in the show notes so temple swipe over that cover art it will take you right there the other thing i'm going to link is our podcast survey remember if you fill out our podcast survey you're going to get your own very limited edition property academy podcast mug which we're going to send to you for absolutely for free um, we do want to get your feedback so that we can continue producing the absolute best content and podcast possible uh, we want to produce the podcast that you jump out of bed in the morning uh, and can't wait to hear what's happening in the property market because we do release it every morning at 6 a.m uh so 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 uh, you can either go to opuspartners.co.nz slash pod survey or I'm also going to link that into the show notes uh, of course please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast it really does help us get the message out to more people thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast I'm your host Ed McKnight and I'm Andrew Nichol and we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies tactics and insights to help you get the most of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.